Hello ladies and gentlemen, this is Hollywood McConnelly with the double biceps. We'll get both arms in there. Make sure we get that split bicep in there. It is a contractual legal requirement every single time you appear on camera. I am here. It is part of the Daily Combat podcast. Our special guest today is one of the most electrifying men in arm wrestling today. He is fresh back from an overseas trip at King of the Table 5 where he not only hosted the the event he hosted the press conference he did commentary uh this man got to meet some of the icons in the arm wrestling world and it is so good to see somebody who's put in so much hard work over the last few years get his opportunity and not only did he take that opportunity but he hit it out of the park so please welcome the aussie arm wrestler jake ward that was a pretty that was a pretty cool intro not sure what to say about that uh, it, it was awesome yeah, that, that is right. I was very lucky to get uh, the opportunity to be a part of Core Sports and the king of the table team. Uh, I was very looked after. Flown over to Dubai, worked with Core Sports, hosted the press conference, the pre-show, got to MC the event and commentate uh, one of the matches there. It was just uh, an epic, epic event. Um, it was awesome. Still riding high from it. I'll probably ride high for this for, for many, many years to come. And fingers crossed, People Power will come out again, and I'll head back there in February. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, it'd be silly of them not to have you back because you did such a good job. And as you were saying before we went live, you know, you, the feedback that you've seen, 98% positive. I haven't seen anybody say that you did anything that they didn't like. But uh, I guess if you, if you look hard enough, you always find somebody oh, that... Of course. That... <laughs> but yeah, it was very, very surprising... Uh, the way the internet looked after me. I don't know if someone put super secret filters on my phone <laughs> that uh, that no yes. negative comments could come in. But yeah, I got a got a taste of it. Um, was told straight after the the press conference. Um, one of the athletes was actually watching the live stream on their phone just to see some comments to see if anything stood out whilst I was talking. And they just went, "Man, you killed it!" And I thought they were just being nice. I said, "Nope." All the comments, they were hardly talking about the athletes. And I was like, oh, wow, that was pretty cool. It's not my job to do that. It's, it's very great. But my job is to get the athletes over. My yeah. job is to make sure the athletes look like a million bucks because it's not about me. Uh, my job, uh, although it is, it's amazing that people are talking about me and it's amazing that the people were saying so many good things. My, my job, which I, I feel like I did throughout the whole weekend is to ensure uh, that everyone is talking about the athletes involved because without the athletes uh, i'm just talking to myself yeah exactly right and i think a lot of people get that wrong when they they think if they're in a hosting position that it is about them but reality is that you're there to make everyone else look as good as they can and to present it's like hey you want to see these guys these are these guys are the reason that you're here to see them and he's sort of presenting it in a way that the audience gets to interact with, with like, why am I watching this? And it's like, well, I'm here to tell you why. Like, this is this is why you've got some of the best guys in the world, and they're going to come out and they're going to, you know, put on their their skills in front of the biggest audience that they can. So, uh, yeah, it, it's very much uh, you've nailed that part of it, and you understand that very well. And I think you know maybe it was from the old wrestling days that you had, where you you know you can see that trying to trying to build somebody else's character is just as important as trying to do it yourself as well 
Yeah, absolutely. I, I get nothing out of, uh, you know, uh, me looking way better or, or making my, my guest or someone I'm interviewing or even whilst commentating matches. It's ne- yes, I've got catchphrases and things like that, but it's never about getting me uh, getting me over. It's, I always look after it. So, like, when I was at the press conference, you know, talking to a couple of athletes, there's some out there that just hate it. They hate press conferences. They hate interviews and things like that. I'm like, do not worry. You just say what you want to say. I'll take care of the rest. Uh, you know, I'll, I can read tones and things like that. When you start to feel uncomfortable or you feel like you're blabbering, I said, mate, I'm coming. I'm coming. Uh, I've, got, <laughs> I've got you back. I'm not going to leave you out there, uh, you know, dying or whatnot. I'm like, I'm coming in, man. Don't worry about it. I'm, I'm in your hip pocket. So, yeah, yeah, it's always it's always about it. That's that's what I do because then, you know, full circle, it makes me look better because mm. if I'm now getting everyone excited about these matches, because to be fair, everyone was riding the last king of the table off. They were a bit like, oh, the card's not that good. So I thought I'm going to just try and get the magic machine going and yeah. hopefully we generated more hype, we generated more pay-per-view sales for the company so yeah that's what i do once again and then for those that bought it they just saw epic matches from start yeah that main event dave chafee and uh lord layton man what were you thinking standing next to the table when when that was taking place were you thinking that that dave had it when he started to switch to that press well it, it, it was quite funny because one Whilst I'm watching it, I was like, this match is amazing. But at the time, I was like, is it amazing because I'm here? Am I putting some mayonnaise onto it? But then afterwards, everyone's like, oh, my God, one of the greatest matches of the year. Yeah. Second of all, for two or three rounds, I'm in Dave Chafee's corner. So wow. I'm, I'm there with the big guy. So he sits down after a strong round one, and, uh, and he, he came over to my side where I was just standing off camera and there was no one there and he puts his arm up and his wife's five foot and 30 kilos. <laughs> Lovely lady Amber she is. But she was struggling to hold Dave's arm because like, you know, shoulder pressing your body weight. And I could see Dave tensing his arm and it's like, well, you're not relaxing. So I grab some ice and I'm over there and I'm rubbing and then, yeah, the first thing I say to Dave is, uh, is uh, mate, I'm not going to take an arm wrestle. You know what to do. So then, yeah, being in his corner and then after round three, uh, I went off at him. I scathed him. I gave him wow. an absolute good old-fashioned scolding. That's wow. what I did. Yeah, so <laughs> he comes up, he gets 2-1 and then, yeah, 2-0 uh, and then round three, 2-1. And I could see his mind going and, he, and I could see that he was thinking about here we go again, 2-0 yeah. up, it's yeah. inevitable. And then I was like, effing get that out of your head. Yeah, this is bullshit, you know, that, that endurance stuff. I said, you're the man. I said, you're Dave and Chafee. I said, get that shit out of your head now. Like, that is ridiculous. I said, we've got six, you know, I said, we've got four more rounds. I said, you've got two more to do it. Two more fucking wins, and then he gets up, and I slap him on the back, and and, <laughs> and off he goes. And yeah, he was very, 
I mean, he goes on to lose the next two rounds after that, but he was very grateful <laughs> that I was supporting him and things like that. But then yeah. the, the the famous um, Lachlan Adair, Engen Terzi thing happened when I was standing mm. next to Lockie and he's like, oh, I'm just messaging Engen. He's telling me what they should do to win. Like, go and tell Dave. Yeah. Go and tell Dave what to do. Engen's yeah. pretty smart. You know, if you're going to take advice from someone... And yeah. then Lachlan became his corner man. And, and Lachlan there was awesome as a corner man because he's so knowledgeable um, in physical therapy. So whilst I'm icing Dave's arm and, and whatnot, like Lockie's in there and he's turning Dave's wrist and hand and he's releasing nerve endings and things like that. So mm. it would have just made Dave feel a million bucks. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, when he trained, he, yeah, that that's it with, that was always the question, and it has been with with Dave. You could see, you know, that he always gets off to a really good start because he's so powerful, he's so strong. But it seems to come at that price of after the first couple of rounds, that power starts to dissipate, it starts to drop off a little bit, and he starts to get tired. And you know, the, the opponent sends it around at that point. You saw that with Gennady. And I, I was like, oh, no, when, he, when it started to happen in this match as well. I was like, oh, the, as you said, he was probably thinking exactly the same thing, like all those sort of demons coming back to, to haunt you. It's like, oh, it's happening again. Uh, but he was very clever to, to change tactics and move from what he was doing and go into a press, which worked out for him. But so let me, uh, what uh, people tend to forget there, young Matthew, what people tend to forget, and it was grinding my gears. And it was something I said to Dave during the match. So at East versus West, uh, it happened against Gennady. And at mm. East versus West, it happened against Morozov. There was one match in between that everyone forgot about. Do you remember the match you had in between? Was it Chance Shaw? No. It was Alex Kadecha against ah. the table. So right. he goes over and he does the 2-0 up and loses. And then he goes and flogs a giant top roller 5-1. <laughs> Gives him the last one. Goes back to East versus West and happened again. So I'm telling Dave, this is your home ground advantage. There are six rounds. There are six rounds this time. Not five, six. You got to, you, and he ended up having having seven because he got the, he, you know, got it on the buzzer there. But yeah. yeah, people just suddenly, and that's why I predicted Dave Chafee to win. I thought he's on his own, uh, you know, home court advantage. Uh, he just beat a giant top roller that was in fine form. Just crushed Hermes. No one yeah. did touch Kadecha. And Dave did it. So, yeah, yeah, it was, yeah, a lot of people for, forgot that. And they're like, oh, Dave's losing all these matches. Like, no, he's just, yeah. So it was pretty cool. <laughs> no, exactly. Well, it is strange because you, you look at, say, the top 10, and it's almost like anybody could be anybody on each given night. There's no sort of real clear front runner to say this is the exact order of these guys and it's pretty clear it's like well it's all over the place you know this guy's beaten this guy who's beaten this guy who's beaten this guy uh and yeah it all seems to flow which is great for um you know spectators because you never really have a clear um you know over overdog and the underdog it's like oh this is a squash match don't even worry like you know he's obviously going to win it's like well we don't know who's going to win this one. You know, you could. Yeah, you, I mean, no, number one's clear as day. But in my top ten, I have about fourteen people. Like that's yeah, exactly, how yeah. that's <laughs> how close that's how close it is. It makes no sense. But from two to ten, 
there's 14 people, 14, 15 people you could definitely argue and in any position, like you can name your number two. And I, I, I did a top 10 list recently, but I could counter-argue my own list. But I thought <laughs> this would be the most logic with the less countering that I could come up with because I'd come up yeah. with a list and I'd have 10 counters and I'd do another yeah. one. Like, oh, I'm down to eight. Okay, I've only got five here. That's my list. Let's go. Yeah, yeah. And then you get guys like, you know, Jerry Cataret, who hadn't pulled for a couple of years, jumping straight back in, beating some of the top guys. And then it's like, oh, he's, he's upset the list again. It's like, ah. So, yeah, it is good, though, because, you know, that's what you want when you're selling a match and when you're hyping an event. It's like, we don't know who's going to win. Like, mm. anybody could win here, um, and apart from Levan, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> he's crushing everyone 6-0. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's nice to see that. There's no real... Like, oh, this guy's obviously going to win. Uh, it's like, well, hey, this is a 50-50. It could go either way. And that's how it felt with with Chafee and Lil Leighton. It was like, I don't know. I don't know how it's going to go. And it went down to the absolute wire. Uh, and and Lil Leighton gave it everything. Ended up, you know, on the floor. Had to be sort of checked out by the ambulance crew and everything. It was like, that's that's the intensity that this match got to. Yeah, he was taken out by ambulance. So I had Dave Chafee's blood on my jacket. Um, the, the photo of the, the it was so intense um, and for those that watch the show that don't know about arm wrestling uh, you have to hold on to a peg with your opposite hand and Dave was holding on that tight that he was bleeding on that hand as well there was wow. blood all over that peg like wow. not only was he bleeding on the uh, on the hand that he was arm wrestling with but he was bleeding on the other hand as well and there's a really great photo out there um, of the bloody pig. Wow. It's amazing. <laughs> I didn't know that. That's incredible. Yeah. So strong, Dave Chafee. So strong. I was, I've, I've talked about this a couple of times, but I, I, I got that. We've got a, a plate loaded preacher curl at the gym and, uh, and I got 80 kilos on it for, with two arms for one rep, oh, like right, two amazing. arms, just, just got it. Very happy. Sent the video to Ryan Bowen. <laughs> who sends me back Dave Chafee doing it with one arm for reps, casually talking to the camera at the same time. <laughs> I was just like, oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> Unbelievable. He's probably the second strongest arm wrestler on the planet in pure horsepower. Absolutely. Yeah. Was it you that was talking to um to Dave and you were asking why he didn't go into the hook with Levan? And he said, you know, when you get up there, it's just a different world. <laughs> you know, your, your sort of strategy goes out the window and – yeah, I, I think that might have been on the Mark Boyd Strongcast podcast. But, yeah, um, yeah, we're, Dave and I more spoke about when I spoke to him just off camera. Like, I can't believe I'm saying it. Like, just hanging out with Dave Chaffee. <laughs> uh, it's, still, it's still sitting pretty surreal that I'm able to say that. You know, just yeah. um, some, of these, some of these guys I can just say, well, can now call my friend, you know. Yeah. Um, is yeah. just... Blows my mind. Yeah. Well, it was so good because I got to see you perform in person at the over the top tournament at the start of the year, which Larry Wheels attended. And I remember you saying, This was my audition to Larry. Like, I wanted him to see that not only can I perform at this level, but I can do this all day. And you did. You did it for like 14 hours or whatever the, the thing went yeah, for. I think the event went for nine hours, but like, 
the night before I was with Tom Iglesias. Uh, I can never get his last name right. One of the best people in Australian arm wrestling. Yeah. Packing his, because he did so much for over the top, but I'm packing his truck to help him out till about midnight, one in the morning. But then he's already there early. But I get there at like 6 a.m. or 7 a.m. to see if I could help out mm. with anything else there. So, and then the event starts and, and away I went. But yeah, that's just, that's just been an, uh, an opportunist. You know, um, for me, no one is, is any different, you know. So I made sure, like, when I spoke to Larry, that I was just going to be me and, and, and made sure that, I told him what I was thinking. I told him how I felt because, you know, some people might, you know, and there's nothing wrong with idolising people and there's nothing, you know, we all have all these sports people that we just really, really love and get behind. And, and a lot of people love Larry, but I will never, you know, uh, worship them or something like that. It's just not in my nature. I'm mm -hmm. just going to come up as if you're my really good mate. And if you go back to one of Larry Wheels' video that I'm on, I just walk up and I'm like, Larry, my man, what's going on? And I did yeah. that with one of the most intense arm wrestlers at King of the Table, um, which is another another funny story. But uh, yeah, so then, yeah, so then I, I think I did a, a spontaneous interview with Larry for the pay-per-view. It was about six o'clock at night. I'd been going and then... Literally, when they went to an ad break, I got Larry and Adam was there and he was filming. I said, guys, and, and that's where that moment came. I said, this has been my audition for you two. I said, I want to be at King of the Table. I said, I yeah. need to be there. And it always sat in their mind, sat in their mind, and they just went, let's pull the trigger. Let's let's give this weird Australian guy <laughs> a go. And, yeah, absolutely loved it. <laughs> when you're standing on the stage, and then you heard from behind you, ready, bang. And it was Larry when he first got there or something. It's, it's amazing. It's, it's really amazing. Like when your catchphrase is said literally all around the world and literally by the biggest names of the sport, you know, when they, when they hear you or they see you, it becomes synonymous with the ready bang. You know, it does annoy a lot of people in the world. But when the biggest people, one, it's awesome that they know the catchphrase, but two, it's even better, like, that they know who I am. You yeah. know, I'm just, you know, I'm just a, a local larrikin from Melbourne. And, <laughs> and, yeah, and yeah, to hear that, yeah, just standing there and you just hear it scream, you know, that he's got that big, deep voice. From the other side of the room, you know, it with, with, you know, whenever I meet other, you know, I'll say, "Hey, nice to meet you," and things like that, and everyone just goes, "Ready, bang!" And yeah, and yeah, and it's re it's really cool. It's really cool that you know, if I stop tomorrow and, and choose another direction in life, I have made uh, a mark on the sport that I that I genuinely love, and 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 not many people can say that. Um, I, 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 you know, I I feel like I'm in a pretty like awesome position that I'm always grateful for, that I'm always honoured to be in. So, yeah, the fact that these people are, you know, I'll wake up and people will tag me in reels and they'll say ready, bang, or, you know, please, can you please commentate my match? And they just want to hear yeah. the, the ready, bang. And, yeah, it's pretty cool that, that I'm able to have a positive influence uh, on, on a sport that I, that I generally 
love and I genuinely call a career and I work night and day for. Yeah, yeah. And to see you get the success that you're getting now, finally, it's like, you know, you you push so hard to get to this point and then it's like, now you're getting this recognition. Now you're getting these opportunities. And you wouldn't have had those opportunities if you hadn't put in all the hard work. So so I say it's so I'm so happy for you and so like excited. Oh, it makes me excited to see when people get a reward for their hard work. And it's like, you know, I can see um, where you, you've started and where you've come from and the effort that you've put in. And it's like, now here you are, uh, you know, king of the table five. Uh, where was it? In Dubai? And Dubai. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Beautiful and, yeah. country. Beautiful. I didn't see much of it. I stayed a lot in the hotel, maybe went down the street once for lunch because I didn't, I didn't allow myself. I, mean, yeah. I, I was there for a reason and I was like, I've got a perfect opportunity to build my brand, to build my platform. My beautiful wife is uh, without a shadow of a doubt. She was like, go biggest opportunity of your career. Um, we've just had a new, you know, a beautiful baby, uh, 18 weeks old. And she was like, go, go, go. So I, I, you know, I wanted to honor my wife. I wanted to honor the people that, but you know, like yourself, mate, you jumped on very early on the channel. And so I wanted to honor people like you. I didn't want you guys to see videos of me partying with the athletes, you know, or, uh, you know, or suddenly I'm, I'm sleeping for 12 hours a day in my hotel. I, I slept five hours in three days. <laughs> and that was just, and that was just because, so bloody hell, one of me, life, I got one of me life on a timer that's because i talk too much <laughs> probably better it's actually probably better without the light anyway nah, no, it's good and that's, see yeah but i just wanted to because one, one of the like honor everyone because one of the biggest things people could invest in my channel is time and, and we don't have much time you know thousands millions of amazing youtube channels or if sports presenters or, or whatever so i'm like oh, i want you to, you know for people like yourself and anyone else that jumped on real early that's what my goal was. Cool. You want the biggest names on the channel? I'll get you the biggest name on the channel. You want to know? No other channel has brought you what happens behind the scenes. I'll go behind the scenes. Then afterwards, it's like I will tell you some fun little stories that, that happened that no one else would have known. But go yeah. check out my video because you'll get it. You'll get it here. So I wanted yeah. – when I was there, I wanted to feel that we were there. That was that was a big that was very important to me. I wanted to feel that we made it. And a lot of people message me saying, like, like as you say, mate, you know, so cool to watch you there and, and from where you've come from. So that was kind of what I was after. We've made it. A part of you is with me at King of the Table. Part of every single person that was pushing for me and and getting scathed in the comments even 12 months ago. <laughs> You got to get Aussie arm wrestler at, at this event. You got to get Aussie arm wrestler at that event, and people would scathe them in the comments. Because <laughs> they'd show them to me, they're like, oh, "I tried to go into bat for you, Aussie. I tried to help you out, Aussie." And I'm like, "Don't worry, man. Don't worry. Don't worry. Get on these shoulders. We're we're going to the promised land. I, I guarantee you, we're getting <laughs> to the promised land." So that was that was that was a huge goal uh, and very important. And that's why once I got there. It was go. I was working until I was back on back on the plane, flying back home. And then as soon as I landed, I only had time off because of my beautiful wife's birthday. And once once we got home from her birthday and had dinner, I was like, babe, I gotta make a video. Yeah. Amazing. Ah, it's so cool to see it. Yeah. As you said, we all 
I think everyone that have watched it and everyone that I've spoken to at the club and all the rest of it, we did feel like it was we were partly there as a, as well by watching your content and it was like oh did you see Jake did you think, oh what do you think of it yeah he did such a good job and it was like everyone was like feeling positive like you did this thing and he got there and he's done it um which is amazing because it's like it wasn't from like the athlete side of it it was from all the other end of, of the spectrum in terms of like you've you've been making videos you've been doing podcasts you've been promoting you've been hosting events you've been you know and it's yeah. like but that's the way that you found the success to get there. And it was like, it's, it's so cool to see that. And, and uh, we are lucky enough to have your presence this Sunday. We have the Titans open tournament happening here in Adelaide, 54 Hyde street in Adelaide, the city uh, for our event. And you're going to be assisting um, You're going to do some commentary with me and yeah, it's going to be great to have you in person. Oh, it's good. it's going to be amazing, and that's the thing. And for for me, it, do, it doesn't stop. I, I've got a taste of this lifestyle, and I love it. I absolutely <laughs> love it. So, you know, arrive back in uh, Melbourne, Australia, on Monday. I'm flying Adelaide uh, on Sunday uh, for the Titans Open, and I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, there's there's a, a lot of promising stars here in Australia, and I really just want to not only is it amazing? And I get to commentate arm wrestling and, and commentate any sport, which I love to do. But I kind of also want to let everyone know in Australia, like, if you really want it, if if you really want it, you can definitely get it. You can definitely go and get it. You know, you're going to have plenty of matches and you're going to have, you know, where you get flogged and there's going to be plenty of events that no one turns up to. Or if you're going the YouTube land, there's going to be plenty of videos that no one watches and whatnot. But if you really want it, I mean, if you really want to go for it, you can. And I'll never forget where I where I come from. Oh, I'm a pretty little guy. I'm a pretty, I think I'm a pretty grounded guy. And I'm sure everyone in Australia will certainly just bring me down a peg or two if I get a bit a bit ahead of himself. I know my mates do. I know my mates get sort of arm wrestling. They tried to catch up with a beer for them and they were just like, we don't care that you're on pay-per-view, you idiot. Pull your head in. <laughs> so they're, they're, you know, they're just having a muck around. But, yeah, I, but I just want to, you know, and then if anyone's, you know, I try and give a, a bit of my time, as much as I, time as I can. So if anyone at these local events wants to ask questions, even if it is, what's it like meeting A, B or C, you know, or if it's, you know, I try and give advice for people that are working on YouTube. Hey, A, B and C work for me. Try this. I can't guarantee you success, but this is what's working for me. So really, really can't wait to get there on Sunday. I think it's going to be an absolute cracker of a tournament. Can't wait to see the the best in South Australia go at it. Uh, Been speaking to a few people that are going to be there, whether as their spectators or um, or competing. So I think it's yeah, it's going to be mega. Yeah, it should be a lot of fun. Uh, one of the differences that we're doing with this tournament is the starting in straps, uh, as opposed to traditionally where you start outside of straps, and if you do slip, then you go to the strap. Um, what do you are you a fan of that? Or do you what do you what are your thoughts on the the immediate strap rule? I'm, I'm a fan on anything that saves time. So I never right. want to rush through a tournament, but tournaments take a very, very long time, especially if you don't have multiple tables. 
So, like, my very first match, my very first super match was straps, starting straps. We, yeah. at Arnold's 2019, all super matches started in straps. Yeah. And yeah. that can save, you know, obviously it's an advantage and disadvantage for some pullers, but that can save a lot of time because it's like we're going straight. Yes, the strap can sometimes take a while to put on, but you're not dealing with the first three and a half, four and a half minutes. Now, if you're only running one table and you've got, well, you've got four divisions at the Titans Open, the 70s, 80s, 95s and 95s plus, that's a, that's a long time. So yeah. you need, okay, go on the straps, can't slip, yeah. can't go anywhere. If you let, you know, if you miss the start or a foul's called, you're stuck together, yeah. not walking off. So it, it can work. It, it, yeah. it can work. And that's the beauty of it. We've got Western Australia, Queensland, uh, New South Wales, two in New South Wales, Victoria, and hopefully Tasmania in 2023, talking to some crew down there. Mm. So there's plenty of opportunity to pull at different events. So, okay, we know when we go to Titans Open, straps only, you know, yeah. and, and may may force people to improve their training. I know I always forget to train in straps when I go to training, always forget, and I need to train in straps. <laughs> yeah, it does add a different element to it. Um, I think it, it just personally, it frustrates me so much when, you're refereeing people or you're setting people up for, as you said, you know, might take two minutes or something to get them, you know, fairly started. And both guys knew they were going to slip from the start. And it's like, and then you go, go. And they both just go whip and pull their hands away. And it's like, why did, why did, why did we do this? Like when you just say you're going to slip because it's pretty hard to actually catch somebody when they, if they're going to slip, most of the time they're going to get away. And even during a match, if somebody is losing and it's like, oh, I'm losing, I'll just sneakily escape this. Right. And it's like, it shouldn't happen that way. It should be, I mean, there is that rule of if it's an intentional slip, it's supposed to be a loss, but it's very rarely enforced and people can, you know, disguise the way that, oh, well, I was trying to, yeah, I was really trying to get, you were slipping. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So to eliminate all of that, it's like, no, strap straight away. Yeah, so I'm a big yeah, I'm a big fan of, of saving dead time. I hate dead air, I hate dead time. Um, you know, I believe our sport is so good. I believe it's incredible. I absolutely love it. Of course, I love it. But I know that the that it's the it's the, you know the 15, 20 minutes of setup for thirty seconds of action is not appealing to a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Especially if the match ends on fouls or you get a pin and then they restart because of this. And it's like, <sighs> I mean, even that last round in uh, King of the Sable, uh, how many times did Dave have to actually get a pin? Was it three or something before it was yeah. like, okay. So but Yeah, it worked both ways. Even midway through, Khan versus Morozov. That match went for 50 minutes alone. And there was like, I think one, I think Dave, uh, David Khan got, I think it was like five minutes and 15 seconds or something in between one round. So that's a lot of dead time. And yeah. I mean, lucky we had a good, uh, one good commentator because one half of the commentary was getting ready for their match. Mm. So lucky he was able to talk and, and, and engage. Mm. Otherwise, everyone's just like, what's going yeah. on? just waiting exactly and especially for the people that are there in person they're just like well what's happening the thing yeah. that sort of frustrated me and i talked about this a little bit on the recap video was that 
when they would slip and both athletes would disappear into their corners for two minutes. And it's like, it's a slip. It's not a rest. They're like, come back. What are, you, what are you doing? And then, you know, if there was a foul, same thing. Oh, they go wander into the corner, uh, you know, ice the arm down. It's like, it's a foul. It's just, you put your arm back on the table and yeah. what are you doing? I, I spoke to Tim Talmadge after the event and, um, and the next day we caught a ride together to the airport. And I was just like, Ugh. I said, I, I thought your referendum was pretty good. I said, that, Matt, you just lost you just lost control. And that's just the learning curve. You just lost control. And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, two, you know, he's an American with two non-English speaking athletes. Translators aren't at the table. Their back's turn because, like, he would tap one on the shoulder and go, come back to the table. Then that person looks over at the other person the other athlete and he's not at the table. So he's like, well, I'm not coming back to the table. And they both have their backs turned. So it was hard for Tim, but I thought overall Tim did a great job. But yeah, yeah. yeah that, that one you just got a little bit ahead of him. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I think the refereeing was uh, very solid, very standard um, in terms of like, you know, he, he enforced the rules very well. It wasn't a major influence on the match in terms of like the athletes were the people that decided the match as opposed to the referee, you know, yeah. when sometimes the referee can, you know, be calling things or setting people up and they haven't done it right and, you know, all the rest of it. I think he did a fantastic job, really, overall. Who's um, who's refing the Titans Open? Uh, we're going to have a, a couple of the guys from the clubs, but the head referee will be will be Tim Graham. So he'll be doing the majority of the refing. Uh, but when he is pulling in his class, we're going to get a couple of different guys from the club that volunteered to, to do it. They have some experience doing that as well, thankfully. Uh, yeah, I've been pushing them to, to do more refereeing because it is a vital part of uh, the oh, sport. Absolutely. It's hard. I t- that's why I try my hardest. Like I've pulled in tournaments where the other person started early and they've pinned me quite easily because they started early and whatnot. But it's very hard to find referees. So I just bite my tongue. Thank you. You beat me. And, and, and off I go because, yeah, because we're at the referees. We're in, we're in all sorts of trouble. Absolutely. It is It is a, a very thankless job in a lot of ways. And the, I don't know, this sport seems to be one of the only ones where there's so much back chat uh, to the actual officials that I've seen people arguing and, you know... Uh, Don't get me started, Matt. Do not get <laughs> me started. Athletes have too much of a say on the table and it kills me. It kills me because if I was refing, I would be like, okay, you want to keep talking, negotiate, ready, go. Yeah. If you lose, you lose, but you'll learn to shut up. You will learn to shut up. The referees are there. They're doing a job. You can't be negotiating what you think is a fair grip, but subconsciously you're doing it so you get a better start. You've just, for me, you've just got to shut up. I mean, we both attended a an awesome event and it was flowing beautifully. Garage Wars, flowing beautifully. Then yep. you got to the top echelon of Australian arm wrestlers and four matches took forever because mm. they were too busy these ones, these ones, these ones, and then cracking it. And I was like, I'm bored. You're boring me. I'm so excited to see these these matches. I'm so excited, but you're boring me. Just get, just start. Yeah, I remember hearing you calling out, just strap them up. Yeah. <laughs> and that's even annoying after 10, 15 minutes, and then they both sleep. You're like, oh. Yeah. Yeah, it can be very frustrating. Um, that's why, you know, I, I usually won't live 
stream any of our super match stuff because I'll record it and then cut out all of that and you just get the exciting pulling moments. And I yeah. and people flip, I don't include that because like, nope, that's not part of it. That yeah. no, I don't want to see that. I don't want to see people pulling, even if it's 30 seconds and then they slip. It's like, no, that's <laughs> not going in the video. <laughs> too bad. There's oh, no end to that. Not too bad if they pull and then it's and then it's a slip. So you no, can go they're sneaking out. Them. They're they're sneaking away with with they were about oh, to yeah, yeah. Like, get they, out of there. Yeah, if they're out like that, just holding on. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, but yeah, but we also have this. This is probably the thing I'm looking forward to the most in in the Titans Open on Sunday, uh, and that is the, the we've named it the Last Man Standing, but it, essentially it's a it's a one hour King of the Table event. I've deliberately put it at the very end of the tournament so that everyone should be tired uh, and your upper echelon guys hopefully will be sort of pre-exhausted at that point and not able to just crush everybody. But uh, essentially it's winner stays on the table and then whoever is on the winner's position or the king position at the 60-minute mark is going to walk away with $500. So essentially anybody could actually win that because you you would think that if somebody – if heavyweights are going against each other constantly, consistently throughout that hour, they're going to be pretty tired by the time it gets towards that that end mark. Uh, and it's all- to, I might have to sniff around like a like a vulture on a dead carcass with about fifteen <laughs> seconds to go. See if I can just get there. Oh, pretty cool idea. It seems seems pretty fun. Looking forward to that actually. Yeah, uh, yeah. On, on the clock. Yeah, I, I like it. I like it. Yeah, we've got um, so it's five hundred dollars for the person who's in the king position at sixty minutes, and it's five hundred dollars for the person who holds the king position the longest on like in total over that hour. So, um, no, by yeah. time or by pins? Uh, by by time. So, okay. Yeah, but uh, yeah, there will be encouragement to um, not just sit there and hold somebody this this far away from the uh, the pin, you know, <laughs> to extend your time. Uh, yeah. I'm sure there'll be a lot of manipulation of, of or attempted manipulation as to what's going on. But the people that are starting uh, will be the people, the only people allowed in the uh, in the hour. So it won't be yeah. that people can jump in in the last minute. And it is last man standing. So if you if you say I oh, I can't pull this round, I'm going to wait for a little while. No, sorry, you're eliminated. Like yeah, you, I, I reckon you have to at least pull every ten minutes, depending how many people are in the line. But you should have at least six matches before the last five minutes yeah exactly Just depending right. on how many people you know what i mean yeah. like you must you know you must have had yeah give them a texture yeah. on their hand they must have pulled at least six times a different color yeah. so blacks 10 minutes green text is the 20 minutes 20 to 30 minutes blue red whatever yeah because you don't want um People sneaking away and then hiding in the bathroom until the last five minutes That's to come right. out completely fresh. They get yeah. their five hundred bucks. Otherwise, <laughs> otherwise, I heard that the commentators of the event get to split the money if people cheat. I'm, I'm pretty sure that's how it works. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But uh, yeah, I'm, we're looking forward to it. It will be this Sunday, October the 9th. If you are in South Australia or if you're in the country or anywhere in the world that you want to attend this event, 54 Hyde Street in Adelaide. It is the Imagination Studios building. We will be there, myself and this man, the most, most electrifying man in sto- sports entertainment <laughs> in the arm wrestling world with the most electrifying trophy in all of arm wrestling if you haven't i, do. I don't know if i'll bring that though i don't know um actually i don't know 
I don't know where it is. <laughs> what do you mean? It's always oh, there. I don't know exactly yeah. where it is. There it, was, it is. Oh, as you can see, it's broken. <laughs> Are you broken? So I almost, I almost lost it. So I'm gonna have to glue the other handle on. I don't know how you glued pure, glue pure gold. But no. when uh, about three weeks ago, I went to England and they lost my bag and that, that whole that that being in England and at that event was amazing. <laughs> the flights, horrendous, horrendous, Ugh. horrendous. It took me 49 hours to get from <laughs> Melbourne to Manchester. So I, uh, I got, quickly tell the story. I flew from yeah, yeah. Melbourne to Thailand, and then I had to have eight hours waiting in Thailand, mm. which then got delayed another three hours. So I waited 11 hours in Thailand in an airport, wasn't allowed mm. to leave. So then what that did because I was going to go from Thailand to Copenhagen and then Copenhagen to, to Manchester. But because this Thailand flight was delayed, once I arrived in Copenhagen, my Manchester flight had already gone. So then I'm running around like on crutches, mm. on crutches. Mm. I was on crutches, running around like crap. And then, well, the next flight's in like seven hours, but you have to fly to Germany. And then to England. And I was like, oh, my God. So then, yep. So fly to Germany, another three-hour stopover. Finally get to Manchester. And then the whole, you're waiting for your bag. You know, I arrived like 14 hours after my scheduled arrival time. So everyone that I was organising, I was supposed to have a, a proper training session with Club Torture over there in the UK. I was supposed to do some podcasts. And then I had a... You know, almost like a who's who of armors just waiting to have dinner with me. And credit to them all. Like, I didn't get there until, like, 9.30, and they were starving. So they were really – they they were awesome to stick around, and, and they knew that, like – oh, a lot of them were pretty happy to see me, and they knew that, like, I was going to be in a good mood. So, yeah, and then just waited, and they didn't they, – then they couldn't find my bag. So they're like, oh, look, if we do find it, it's usually between 48 and 72 hours. And I was like, well, I'm, I'm – I'll be heading back home by then. I'm only here for the weekend, yeah. which is very hard to explain to people in customs, by the way, that you're flying <laughs> to the other side of the world for 70 hours. Yeah. They rip, you know, giving, <laughs> you, giving you these ones. So I had to work my charm on them there. But then, yeah, but then about five or six days later, my bag came back with all my stuff. Nothing was missing, but some stuff got broken. Mm. and one of them being being the trophy but a part of me doesn't mind because it tells a story and as everyone knows that watches the show i love telling a story yeah so did did you were you able to show that trophy to everyone in england no i didn't have my bag i had no clothes wow. i had nothing but with you know what it did show to me was the arm wrestling community is awesome so the people there were just like, let me get you some clothes. Let You know, uh, I had um, Neil Pickup wanting to take me across the road after dinner. And he goes, that shop's open. Let me buy you some T-shirts, some shock, socks and jocks and things like that. And I was like, no, nah, man, I just kind of want a shower and a beer and hang, hang out. And and so everyone was awesome. And then heaps of people were like bringing me clothes and buying me clothes. And I felt really rude because they were like, no, 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 you keep them, you keep them. And I'm like, I don't have a bag. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what I mean, I got a bag with my laptop. Yeah, so, uh, maybe take some socks and jocks to say thank you. 
but uh, but yeah, but it just shows how amazing um, the arm wrestling community were. You know, one of their men, one of one of their teammates was struggling, and yeah, people that I never met on the other side of the world were just running around ragged. You know, some on the upper echelon of, of the you know the arm wrestling ladder, and you know some at, from the local clubs or whatever, or just fans of the sport were doing what they could to help me out. Amazing. Yeah, absolutely. Such such a good community of good people. Uh, nice to see that they, they took care of you while you were over there and you were able to sort of get by uh, even without your bag and without the trophy, the most electrifying oh, trophy in all of arm wrestling. So, yeah, that trophy doesn't go anywhere. I wanted to take it to Dubai, but I'm like, no, nah, this no. It stays at home now. It stays at home unless whoever puts the $100,000 up to challenge me yeah. for the trophy. Match on top of the uh, was it the uh, Caliph Tower or the the, the tallest ta- yeah. building in Dubai? Yeah, yeah, almost like a Wiz Khalifa, but I think that's a person. Yeah, that's, uh, that's a rapper. <laughs> yeah. What's that building called? Something uh, like that. I'm not too sure because I was too focused on the world's largest shopping center. Oh, is in Dubai, and I didn't go. I didn't go because I just didn't have time. But I was like, oh, that's on the the bucket list to take my wife to and. And just leave her there, and they see you in three days. Go nuts! Just <laughs> hopefully there's shipping containers there, and you just send everything back all the time. Wow, amazing! Yeah, absolutely. Well, hopefully we will see you at the next King of the Table event. Uh, oh, maybe an, even an East versus West, or pot- potentially. We'll, some yeah, of the well, East versus West, I can't make it. Uh, they they already they already announced their team prior to King of the Table, but. There's been some murmurs, some some whispers, yeah. some conversations. And ironically, King of the Table wasn't the first major company to offer me a gig. Wow. Um, another company did, but uh, restrictions entering that country. Uh, yeah. So we haven't announced that because things might change and I still might be able to make it. So, oh, yeah, cool. so King, King of the Table was the second major company to, to offer me. But can't make, going back to originally saying East versus West, because uh, which unfortunately I can't make our nationals either, because King of, uh, East versus West is the nineteenth of November, and on the twenty sixth of November is our Australian national championships. On the twenty second of November, I have a hip replacement. Ah, oh, ah, there you go. Yeah, wow, but yeah. you know that's just that's a bit of bad luck. I'll make I'll make the best of it. I mean, it doesn't yeah. mean I miss out. It means I do my live commentary on my. Um, Hospital my bed. live commentary on my on my YouTube channel, which uh, is always a, a great success. Touch wood. So, and yeah. I get to stay at home. I don't have to travel thirty three hours to get to Istanbul. Yeah, exactly. That's right. Well, yeah. Uh, checking out the Aussie arm wrestler on YouTube. Your channel is fantastic. It's one of the best guys in the sport. Uh, oh, definitely yeah. one of the most entertaining. And that's why it's so good to see you get these opportunities. And I'm very much looking forward to working with you on Sunday here in Adelaide at the Titans Open. So thank you again, the Aussie arm wrestler, Jake Ward. Thank you, you dead set legend. Cannot wait to see you on Sunday. Looking forward to it. All right. Thank you. And thank you, everyone, for watching. We'll end it there. (laughs) 